Welcome to Kick Your Butts, a show where excuses, limits, and boundaries go to die. Where moving through everything that's holding you back is the key to stepping onto your infinite path and achieving the success you deserve in life, business, and relationships. It's time to take those butts and kick them into oblivion. Now here's your host, Susan Desenzi. Welcome back to another episode of Kick Your Butts, where we obliterate your butts, boundaries, and excuses so that you can let go of the past and step into the present and into your infinite possibilities. I am so excited to be here for another episode, but you know, this episode is a little different because with everything going on in the world today, we're all living in kind of a state of hypervigilance and fear. We're unsure as to what the future holds. A lot of people are being asked to work from home and self-quarantine in order to minimize the spread of, you know, COVID-19, better known as the coronavirus. And there's so many things happening here in the United States alone, whereby people are hoarding all kinds of goods because they just have no idea what that's going to mean over the next couple of weeks. Toilet paper and food sources and Kleenex and soap, hand sanitizer. And I know that a lot of companies have asked people to work from home and, you know, if you're looking at traveling to potentially not travel. So many things that I think a lot of my generation at 55 years old and the generations since our children and our, even our grandchildren have never seen anything like this. We were too little. We weren't alive, first of all, during you know the Korean War or World War II, potentially. Maybe the Korean War, but that didn't affect us as much. Vietnam was a war that was across the globe. And so although we saw a lot of uncertainty and fear, we didn't see the kind of behaviors we're seeing today with, you know, coronavirus being labeled as a pandemic worldwide. And the truth is, it is spreading very fast. And I wanted to come on today to address, you know, these fears because we really only have two choices. We can live in a state of fear or we can be cautious and balanced in that fear, in that cautiousness, but not have that fear control us and define us. And we're seeing a lot of that fear come out as behaviors like hoarding and, and things like that because just nobody knows who's infected or what that will mean. And since the incubation period is 14 days, my God, you, you could be out and about meeting lots of people, talking to a variety of people, hugging, kissing, holding hands, touching, and you never know who's been there before you who may have been infected or even if you're a carrier. And it's scary. And yet at the same time, if we give into the fear, then we become so fearful, right? full of that fear, that it starts affecting other aspects of our life. And it starts affecting the thoughts and maybe even triggers up some of the things from the past. 
And so I just wanted to come on today and kind of share like the things that I've been doing that while I'm concerned and have a bit of, you know, fear, I guess you'll say, a little bit of worry, I'm not living in the fear. It's kind of there in the back of my mind. I'm taking precautionary measures. I just got back late Saturday night, and, I, and I'm recording this episode today on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. So I just got back March 15th, late Saturday night, from a trip to LA and San Diego in California. And I obviously was on a couple of planes. And what was interesting to me is that I only saw a handful of people, like less than 10, literally, throughout the entire airports that I was in, wearing masks. And on my plane, coming back from San Diego on Saturday night, there was one person on the plane wearing a mask. No one else. There were lots of people that had sanitizing wipes, and they were wiping down the armrests and the tray tables of their seat and the seat belts, but they weren't wearing a mask, and they really didn't seem that concerned that they were on an airplane with a lot less people than normal and that they could potentially be infected. And these two events that I went to in LA and San Diego had decided to continue to hold the event because the idea was let's not live in a state of fear. If we give into the fear, then we create more of it, right? What you focus on expands and where your attention goes, it flows. Now, that's very woo-woo and can be very pie in the sky, but if someone has health challenges or is immunocompromised, then it could be very, very dangerous. And so there were people that were supposed to go to these events that canceled and didn't come after all because of either their personal situations or their fear, and that's perfectly fine. That's, that's incredible. We need to do what we need to do for each one of us. I chose to still go because I do consider myself a relatively healthy person. I have no really, you know, really deep underlying health challenges that I would need to be concerned about. And I felt as though if I stay in a not Pollyanna positivity, like unicorns and rainbows and light and love all the time, if I stayed though in a positivity that allowed me to really believe that I would be safe. I felt it was comfortable to go. And I felt that way the whole time that I was gone. I was gone for almost two weeks. Well, no, about nine, 10 days. And coming back on the plane, noticing that only one person had a mask on, and there are other countries around the world that if you get on a plane, you are temperature checked, you are asked about symptoms and how you're feeling before they'll even allow you on the plane. And everybody on that plane is wearing a mask. And we here in the United States haven't gone to that level yet. And I don't know that we will, but we, but we haven't yet. And I just found it interesting that for all of the fear and for all of the hoarding and all of the actions that are stemming from fear, there was a handful of people on that plane who clearly didn't seem to be in fear. And I suspect that that is 
like that or was like that across many flights around the U.S. Now, maybe it's changed in just the last couple of days. But heading out to L.A. almost two weeks ago, I didn't see anybody wearing a mask on the plane. And now coming back, only one person. So I think that it's important to recognize that while you need to do what you need to do for yourself, and you're the only one that can make those decisions, if you should find yourself in a deep state of worry, which if you remember from earlier episodes, worry is just an excessive amount of fear, that once that fear kind of overflows, it rises into worry. And when we have a lot of worry about something, and it kind of overflows, think of it like in a cup, and it overflows, then it rises into anxiety, which is really just very excessive worry, but now we're adding physical symptoms and feelings to that, like, you know, a shakiness or shortness of breath or a flushed face. And so I think it's important that if you should find that you are in a place of a lot of worry, that there are things that you can do to minimize that worry. Since you cannot maybe go to work because you don't work in an essential industry where they're asking people to stay home, like if you work in a hospital, if you work in a grocery store, if you work at a gas station, people still are moving about and living life. We still need food. And a lot of restaurants that I know here in Illinois have shut down, that the only way that you can get food from this restaurant is if you take out, you know, you go and pick it up, or you have it delivered if they have delivery service. And so for those people that don't cook, who are now being required to cook because they're kind of under a self-quarantine situation, they are now going to the store and they are buying food that they normally didn't buy because maybe they ate out a lot. And so you may go to the store and find that pretty much all the shelves are empty or a massive amount of shelves are empty and the essentials that you need aren't there. And that can be very frightening and create a lot of internal worry and fear and panic and anxiety because you have no idea where you're going to get this food from or where you're going to get soap or toilet paper or paper towels or baby formula. I met a woman the other day in San Diego and we were sitting, it was the evening time and we were sitting outside enjoying kind of a cool San Diego night. And we just started chatting and she said that she and her husband were truck drivers and they are as busy as can possibly be right now. But that she was really concerned about coronavirus because her daughter has a newborn baby, um, maybe a few months old. And her daughter needs formula for the baby. And when she went to the store, all the formula was out. And that's incredibly scary for a mom who no longer has breast milk to feed her baby with, and she relies on formula, and now she can't get it. And I'm sure that that's happening across the United States and around the world even for a lot of people who are looking for something specific that they absolutely need and they can't get it. Or the elderly who are already at risk because of their age and maybe their health concerns to be able to get out to the store easily or to be able to pay a bill if they don't, you know, pay bills online or 
to get essentials. And it's hard enough for them to get to the store maybe as it is, and now they go, and there's really nothing available or very little. And so I would invite you to remember that we have gone through things like this before as a nation and as a global society, and we have always survived. And although none of us, myself included, want to think about the end of my life and the possibility that I could get COVID-19 and it could attack my lungs and land me in the hospital and ICU and I may not survive it, the likelihood of that is actually pretty small. And so I would invite you to take a couple of deep breaths and maybe utilize this time that we are under kind of this self-quarantining situation where we're asked not to travel and we're asked to limit our exposure to other people to a bare minimum of what is necessary, to use this time as a way to reflect for yourself what your life means to you and where you're at in your life right now and what you hope to still accomplish or do or be a part of as we come out of this over the next days, weeks, and potentially months. No one knows for sure when this will end, and nobody can know. And there is a tremendous amount of speculation about how long this may last. I've heard reports from another couple of weeks all the way up until July, August. And yet, the stores will replenish their food stocks. Trucks still are moving food around the country and essential supplies. It's just that as fast as some of these stores get shipments in, they're being emptied because people are in such a state of fear and they have no idea how long this might last that they're hoarding it. Now, I know here in Illinois, once a state of emergency has been declared, which it has here in Illinois, as far as I've been aware, price gouging is illegal. It's a federal offense. And so for those people who bought you know, massive amounts of toilet paper and have now resorted to selling it on Craigslist roll by roll for $20 a roll, they could actually be arrested and sent to jail for price gouging. And so discernment is important. Consciousness is important. Checking in with your fear is super important so that you remain cautious in your precautions but you don't let it define who you are and how you move through your world. Now, I'm pretty lucky in that I get to work from home, and I have been working from home for a number of years now. And so I don't have to go out on a daily basis and interact with people. And so I'm pretty safe here in my bubble at home, as long as I, you know, remain healthy over the next now, what, you know, 12 days or 11 days, I've been home three days. So as long as I remain healthy over the next 11 days, I'm pretty safe from having been infected with my travels and my my conferences that I, were at, I was at. But I'm still going to have to go to the store at some point, and I'm still going to have to get gas at some point. And so there are things out in the world that I may have to do. And I think it's important to simply be cautious, maintain social distancing, several feet away at least, work to not kiss and hug. I came home Saturday night and my husband had said to me on the phone prior to coming home, 
you're in self-quarantine for 14 days. I said, what do you mean? Because, you know, we both work from home, so I'm already going to be relatively self-quarantined. And he said, no touching. And I said, I can't hug you. He said, I don't know. We'll see about that. But definitely no kissing. And so just as a matter of precaution, we've been together for basically almost 20 years. I love him. He loves me. We have a great relationship. And yet I was gone for about, what did I say? I don't know, 10, 11 days or something like that. And so what's another 14 or at least seven days? What's another period of days is the point to protect him and make sure that he's safe while I check in with my body each day to make sure that I'm not developing any kind of symptoms. And I think that that's all we can do. We can look out for those that are having a difficult time looking out for themselves, like the elderly, or those with health challenges, or those who are immunocompromised. We can take, if we have hoarded anything, then take some of those and create a care package for a neighbor who may not be able to get out. We have to work together as a collective global society to come through this very kind of scary pandemic time. We really don't know what all of this is going to mean ultimately, but we can already see the effects that it's having on the stock market, on the global economy, And as more and more people are being asked to work from home and they're not being offered the opportunity to be paid while they're off, their financial status is going to suffer greatly and you might be one of them. And if that's the case, think about, this is just kind of like an an offshoot. This isn't the, you know, pie in the sky, rainbows and unicorn mentality that I'm offering up here, but... Sometimes some of the greatest inventions and innovators have come up with ideas or have invented something at the height of necessity, right? You've heard necessity is the mother of invention. And so sometimes when we've been forced to have to look at a new way to do something, or we've been put in a position where We have kind of not a lot of choices, and we're kind of forced to have to look at something else. Sometimes we come up with fantastic ideas that then turn out to be great successes. And so you can sit at home and be terrified of what's going to happen, whether or not you're sick or will become sick, whether you'll run out of any supplies that you might need or food, or you can take a look at how you can conserve the supplies and the resources that you do have and utilize the time that you currently have right now to think about that purpose or passion that you may have always had but never felt you could afford yourself the time to really look into. You may now have the time to do that. And I know quite a few people who have actually shifted and pivoted their businesses into a the online world that was not previously online because of this. Or a couple of people I know who have actually pivoted in their their current brick and mortar business and created a new business model for themselves out of this necessity of not being able to have people come into their establishment. And so the, the idea here really is that we have these choices that we can stay living in this fear, 
or we can be cautious in our fear and allow our fear to be something we're aware of that guides us, but it does not define us. And that, I think, is the critical difference between when we step into a place of fear and it rules us, and then all of our behaviors stem from that fear, versus when we allow ourselves to be and feel the fear to some degree, and it guides us to making choices that have that in mind, but aren't the primary driver. I don't know what my future holds, even in the next five minutes. And my philosophy, whether you agree with this or not, this may be a bit controversial. If I'm supposed to die of COVID-19, then that's how I'm going to die. But I'm sure as hell not going to give into it and be so fearful of it that it stops me from living my life and I just curl up in a ball on the couch waiting for that moment to get symptoms. That would be an incredible waste of the valuable resource called time that I would have in between the point where I start to worry of that degree and the point where I actually get symptoms, if at all. Because what happens if I don't? Do I spend the next three weeks, month, two months, three months, four months waiting to see if I come down with symptoms? And so just be aware. As I've said in previous episodes, awareness is the key. And that's all you can do is be aware. So be aware of what you need to do to be precautionary, to avoid or minimize your risk of of getting COVID-19 or spreading it if you do get sick, and if you should find that you end up with symptoms, go to your doctor. Reach out to those that you can that maybe can help you online. There are medical online models now where you can see a doctor online. I know that I am with Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, and I just received an email from Blue Cross Blue Shield that said, If you should end up with symptoms, go to your primary doctor or contact this particular number or or website where you can maybe see a medical professional via like a Zoom online where you can be given some information. Because the truth is, is that most people who have COVID-19 aren't going to be sick enough to require hospitalization. Thank God, right? Yes, there are a lot of people who have died from COVID-19, but the majority of people who have contracted coronavirus have not died. And I think that's a positive that we need to minimize the risk for ourselves and others around us, and at the same time, not allow that fear to control us to the point where we stop living. Because again, what will happen if three, six months, four months, two months, one week, two weeks, three weeks down the road, you look back on all that time that you realize you were living in a state of deep fear. I applaud you for stepping into a place of your own life where you choose to not give in to those buts, those boundaries, those excuses, the past, the fear, the worries, the concerns. And if you're struggling with that, I still applaud you because you're willing to learn how to stop doing that. You're willing to learn 
how your past does not have to define who you are today and who you choose to be five minutes from now, tomorrow, next week, three months from now. And again, if you should find that the fear is a bit overwhelming, reach out to people who can assist you. I did an interview with someone for Podcast Magazine that I'm a, I'm the category director for health and fitness for Podcast Magazine. And I did an interview, a feature story interview with someone who is fairly well known and used to be a, a, a well-known comedian and has his own podcast now that is very, very incredible and one of the top podcasts. And he talked about that, you know, speaking out is an act of bravery. Vulnerability is an act of bravery. Asking for help is an act of bravery. And the truth is, is that when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and say, look, I'm really scared and I don't know how to manage my situation because I'm not being paid for the next XYZ amount of time, or I'm running out of food and supplies and I'm scared how I'll get more because every time I go to the store, the shelves seem to be empty. I'm scared for my family. I don't want to lose my home. What do I do? There are people that will lend a listening ear and do the best they can to offer you up a piece of advice or wisdom or a resource to help you figure that out. But if you sit alone in your thoughts and in your own mind and in your own feelings and fears, you're not going to get any kind of resource help at all. And so be brave, be vulnerable, be willing to reach out to those that might be able to help or even just for a listening ear and talk and share what you're thinking and feeling and recognize you're not alone. I'm a therapist, for goodness sakes, who works from home, and there's still a a fear in me, a fear for our society, a fear for our global world as to what's going to happen to the majority of people that are affected by COVID-19 who work outside the home and are being asked to stay at home. Or for those who are struggling to get food because the stores are empty, or some of them are kind of empty, or a lot empty, and they don't have the money to order food out. Why don't we all step up to the plate just a little bit and help out someone that we see needs a little help? There was a story that I remember very clearly way back from when I was in graduate school And I was talking to this man who was homeless. And he said to me, Sue, there was a time when I literally had only $5. And I came across someone else who was homeless, who had a sign up that said, any spare change. And their situation was that they were homeless due to a loss of a job. They weren't on drugs or using alcohol. They didn't want to to be homeless and live on the street, but that was their situation. And so he elected to give that person half of his money, $2.50. And I said to him, just curiously, not that I was judging it at all, but I was curious. I said, why did you give $2.50 away when you only had $5 and that was barely enough for you to really do anything with? And he said, because I'd rather know that both of us have $2.50 
then I have $5 and he has none. And I was just so impressed and so admiring and so inspired by this gentleman because his heart, even in the midst of his fear and troubles as to what was going to happen to him minute by minute and day by day, looked within himself and said, I need to be the type of person that when I lay my head down on the concrete tonight or wherever he would sleep, that I did something kind for somebody else and that I was who I chose to be, which was a man who had a heart and wanted to help someone else. And so even in the depths of his darkness, he was able to find a pinpoint of light for himself. Now, ultimately down the road, he ended up getting out of his homeless situation and he ended up getting a job and an apartment and all of that. And he never forgot that moment when he was faced with a decision about, do I live in fear and scarcity that I only have this $5? Or do I look at it and say, I have an abundance of $5 and I can share it with someone else because I trust that there will be more. I may not know when, and I may not know how, but there will be more. And so I'd love to leave you with that, that we can live in a scarcity fear mindset, or we can live in an abundant mindset that even in light of everything going on in the world today, we will make it through this. This too shall pass. And who am I going to choose to be in the midst of this while I am being precautious and taking the cautions that I have to take in order to minimize the risk for myself and for others. You all are truly amazing. And I would love to hear what your fear is around coronavirus. I would love to hear whatever you would like to share with me. So please feel free to contact me at www.kickyourbutts.com. That's K-I-C-K-Y-O-U-R-B-U-T-S dot com. And either reach out by email and leave me a message or on the podcast page, just go to that recording button where you can actually leave me an audio recording and let me know what your thoughts and your feelings are, not just about coronavirus, but about anything. And if you would like to be a guest on the show, where we can do some live coaching on air, please drop me a line as well. You all are amazing, and I will continue to hold the space that we all step more into the light of who we are, as opposed to the fear, and that we will continue to move forward into each of our infinite possibilities by allowing ourselves to shine the best we know how each day without judgment of yourself or one another. I hope you stay safe. I hope you stay healthy and strong. And I hope you stay loving the person that you are and are choosing to be every moment of now. I will see you next week. Ciao for now. You've been listening to Kick Your Butts, where sitting on your butts is no longer an option, figuratively and literally. To access the show notes and important links from today's episode, please visit kickyourbutts.com. 
While you're there, please share your kick your butt story by clicking the start recording button. It might just be included in a future episode. Thanks for listening today. Now get out there and kick those butts to the curb.